Hey, glad you could make it. Happy belated Father's Day to all the dads out there. Fantasy dads as well. Um, how are we doing, Sean? Uh, pretty good. I made a pretty sweet trade in fantasy, as you saw. So I'm um, doing real good. Doing real good. <laughs> we, we we might get to that. I'm a little sour. I'm just green with jealous rage. Um, I am JT. He is Sean. Welcome to Fantasy Dad Pods, where dad bods are glorified and dad jokes are encouraged. Um, our first segment right off the bat, shake it off. Pain is temporary. We're going to go some recent news and notes. Um, right off the bat, I don't know if we talked about this last time, Shane Bieber dealing with a little shoulder thing, uh, same as Kluber, so not too optimistic there. Um, Springer, Springer's on this on the bounce back. Hopefully he's fully healthy. Um, her, I see Voigt's, uh, I think, doing some uh, lower minors work. Mondesi landed on the IL for the third time already this year. Yeah, it was that huge dongy hit. He probably pulled his rib cage doing it. Yeah, uh, Scherzer came back. He's pitching tomorrow. Um, so that's good for, for those owners. I am one of them. And there's a timetable for Trout finally. I know, like, man, owners have been uh, have been uh, waiting for that one. Rendon is out, and he's still nicked up a little bit, but they don't re- expect an IL stint yet. But uh, I mean, that could change as soon as we're finished recording this. Yep, Bellinger, and Muncy, both there. The Dodgers dinged up. Um, Grisham's back. Glass now. Unfortunately, um, no surgery as of yet, but dealing with a partial tear UCL. Yes, so. and usually those lead to full blown and as required Tommy John. Um, we're gonna segue into this after that little quick. Uh, to, did I fall? Things you should be <laughs> things that JT worries too much about while he's on the toilet. Um, <laughs> so uh, speaking of glass, now sticky substances has been. Uh, in the news because MLB just came down and delivered their punishment. And I believe JT, you just said before we started recording that uh, today DeGrom was uh, the first person checked in game for sticky substances. And he's just really good is what they found out. They were just like, Oh, that's, you're just good at baseball. Yep. He flashed uh, his hat, he flashed his glove and he flashed his belt. So I don't know then, what that means. And then, and then I believe who they, were they playing Arizona? I believe so. Got really sad because they just realized that that was just Jacob McGraw. Um, <laughs> so they're like, uh oh. I'm um, sure Arizona's manager was, well, oh, he checked out. Well, that's all I got. So they all just Good left the game ended. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, that was my only ace in the hole. It wasn't even an ace, it was like yeah. a seven was clubs. Shot in the dark. Like, <laughs> hope, hopefully, this is their only chance to win. So MLB came down on sticky substances. Uh, you're caught a uh, 10 game ban for first offense. And the reason we bring up Glass now is he was claiming in a recent interview that he got hurt because of the ban, because he wasn't getting a better grip on the ball and he was having to adjust his grip. And there was a clip from the Braves uh, pregame, uh, Peter Moylan, I believe he's a Australian pitcher and has pitched in the, pitched in the majors for a little bit. And now it does their pregame show. And he talked about how that is, that is accurate. He, he did a really good display of holding Oh, I actually didn't have a baseball ready, but he has a baseball and showing how you could grip it a little bit easier without the baseball or without or with using some sticky substances on it. And it was allowing pitchers to not have to basically use their form as much and grip it and strain something. 
But now that they're not, he said that could lead to a rash of injuries, not just from glass now and certain pitchers, but pitchers who throw hard are even more at risk now to having major injuries to their arms. And that's what he's worried about because he was talking about how um, he had a little bit of command issue and lost a breaking ball at one point in his career and was just able to just a little bit of sunscreen, get a little bit of the break back and a little bit more control. He said that was due to the baseballs that come out and get rubbed down are not uniformly rubbed down and the, the sweat and the rosin, all they do is wipe off the, uh, the rub down and you're just left with a brand new baseball again, which is really hard to grip. The pitchers don't like that. And I was thinking interesting. And so this is for like most fantasy pitchers. That is uh, it is alarming and it is nerve wracking from some of these guys like DeGrom, who we just talked about, who gets nicked up a little bit and grips the ball. You got to throw it 102. You got to grip it pretty hard. So I'm just, I am a little worried about somebody like that. These soft tossers like Marco Gonzalez. I don't know why he's the first person I thought of, but uh, less likely, but like a glass now and those guys uh, already know a Syndergaard has issues. Chris sale. It's, it doesn't bode well for their future. And that needs to be taken into account when talking about them. But it also, before we get onto that, it was uh, hitters would talk about and they were, they were pulled in over, I think it was 70% of them said they want pitchers to use sticky stuff because they have better control over the baseball and not get hit with the 102 and not knowing where it's at on top of the pitchers getting hurt. So that's an interesting point to it. Right. And I think the differentiator is what is sticky stuff? Because I think sunscreen and rosin and, and, you know, even some sweat, you know, in there. Um, I think when you're talking command and control, sure. But when you're talking about spider tack and, yeah. Some other extreme, you know, gorilla glue is I know a major league sponsor, maybe they're involved. Uh-oh. But when you're when you're gaining an advantage in terms of spin rate, that's that's the differentiator to me. And and I mean I I would I would think majority of batters say, yeah, I want I want that pitcher to know where the ball's going. I don't want him to gain an advantage spinning it harder, but um in the I saw a stat like in the I think it was just 10 games like 12,000 at bats or so before the memo came out, there was only like a hundred and some low hundreds uh, hit by pitches. And then the 1200 uh, bats after um, there was already a 25% increase in hit by pitches. Um, So there's, there's one thing when it's, it's just, it's a part of the game. Yeah. The baseball is not, we, God, we keep coming in back to the baseball. Baseball's yeah. too bouncy. The baseball's too dead. The ba- baseball's too slick. I saw you, Darvish, had some uh, baseball sent over from Japan, and he passed around the clubhouse. They naturally have a, a sticky kind of tack cover to them. And um, Trevor B uh, was talking on the Dodgers pregame about how all the major league baseball should just be run through a conveyor belt and have like a approved sticky, you know solution sprayed on it you know each inning you know you'll throw out like a new you know sleeve of, of baseballs and they have it off to the side and mlb attendant or something there there's there's this is just does not bode well for the collective bargaining agreement this off season this is going to be a the perfect storm this i'm i'm really scared for this this winter uniformity with the baseball please <laughs> just leave it alone find something and leave it alone the players, the pitchers, and the hitters want that. Leave it alone. Oh, anyways, yeah. So f- hopefully things get sorted out. This is really poor timing to do in the middle of the season, yeah. but um, we're gonna move on. 
we're going to talk about some dad strength, monster dongs of the week. What distances did we pull for this last seven days, Sean? I got to say, um, these names, Alberto Montesi, um average distance of his two of his two dongs was uh 455 i didn't I, I, he seems like a young guy too i don't actually know his age off the top of my head but uh i don't know if he's in the dad category but when you display dad strength that's true I mean, that's when you take notice 22 at you know 10th overall you know like i mean i guess you know that's allowed now joey joey gallo at 430, 431 i mean that's that's some dad strength you know that's that's some dad strength yeah, looking at the top exit velocities, Pedro Severino, you know, catcher, always got a dad bod back there. Usually You're it's a long grueling season, but second, uh, young jock having uh, two for, uh, let's see, he uh, 112, 113 exit velos last week. Um, and he did pretty well with them. Let's just say both home runs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Nelson Cruz, J.D. Martinez, dad bods. Young dad bod, Vlad Guerrero Jr., number five. There All these exavilos ex over 111 we, last week. How do we feel about the dad bod? I mean, he got less dad bod over the offseason. I don't, you know. It, I think he's just got that Griffey conundrum, Griffey Jr. conundrum. He's always going to have it's a dad bod. The junk is going to be in that trunk. And um, as long you, as you Shakira. It, do you want it any other way? No. <laughs> like, because as long as your hips don't lie, Shakira taught us this, you know, I'm fine with it. There's no power source better than that junk in the trunk. And he has got all of it. You know, it's all in the hips. There you go. Loving it. Loving it. All right, let's move on to some proud moments. Um, some highlights we're going to try to focus on, on potential free agents that had a great last seven days. Starting with the offense, where are you seeing, Sean? Okay, so I'm really excited. I, I don't know if he's ownable anymore, but I talked about him two weeks ago. Um, Cedric Mullins, every time we keep talking about it, he keeps ending up on this like list. So I'm really excited. He uh, he was number, depending on what you look at, I have him here as like a 10th through 19th overall in this, but uh, he's starting to get up there. You know, he's almost 90% now, but if he is some reason not owned in your league, just, just do it already. Like he hit four home runs, stole two bases. I, again, I kind of don't know how it's getting done all the way, but just, just go for it. Just, just embrace it. The one that's like more like on the fringe is Brandon Belt. He every single year I underestimate that guy, but every single year he always up putting up super solid numbers. And players like that, as I've talked about on the podcast, end up biting me in the butt. So I, I understand my fault as a fantasy player, but don't let it be your fault as a fantasy player. I underestimate Brandon Belt. And I just forget he exists. And then, and someone else ends up picking him up. And I'm like, looking at this guy's team, he's a team full of like, you know, the, he got a first couple round picks, you know, like a Freddie Freeman or, you know, an Altuve in the second. And he's got a bunch of Brandon Belts. And I'm like, how is he winning games? Because I underestimate guys like Brandon Belts. He just puts up like 800 OPS, super solid. He's going to hit you like 20 home runs, do nothing crazy, but like 80 RBIs. And that dude is doing it again. And he's making me look silly again. Two things. If Cedric Mullins isn't owned, 
get us the info. We'd love to join your league at Fancy Dad Pods on Twitter. Less than 90%. So there's like 10% of leagues he's not owned. I don't know. (laughs) If he's not owned in your league, we'd love to join if you need some extra players to participate. A money league. (laughs) If, If Brandon Belt is owned in your league, hat tip to that commish. Give him one of those Robert Redford zoom in little smile and a little wink there like hey savvy roster spot every year man i do it every year to him and every year he keeps doing it at some point you got anybody that you're looking at jt that's like sneaky i pulled up pitching is there any other hitters or cj crone what do you think about cj crone we all know his numbers big big boy hits you know, big boy, big toys, it hits bombs in cores, you know, three true outcomes guy. Yeah. We saw what he did in Detroit. I mean, he's got that deep 12 team or, you know, solve 15 team, you know, 15, he needs to be owned 12, 12 team. You could stream him. And if he's, you know, it's things are starting to warm up, definitely uh, maybe stream him for like a home week. So you, you're, you're kind of streamable, like play him during home weeks and go after him. What if, like, is he worth like targeting for deep leagues? Like anything like that? That's like, tough because like first base isn't game. what it used to be. Yeah. Um, but I, I'd say that might be um, team build context. Uh, but I, I, I would think he should be at least worthy of, of owning and, and, you know, if you, you're rotating a util spot or uh, it'd be tough to start him for a whole week if your lineup walks for the week. I mean, 850 OPS in cores, as you said, it's getting warmer. It's in theory, it should start to get a little better even, but he's interesting. Keep it, keep tabs on him if you don't have a, like a little watch meter and he should, he's 37% owned in Yahoo at least. So I can't imagine that ones are too far off. So um, I think as the weather heats up, he's going to, his, that number is going to increase. So if you can afford a bench spot, CJ Crown's probably one to look for. Or right, what you got for pitchers there, JT? Looking at some that might be available over on the waiver wire, Adam Wainwright, old man Wainwright. He's just, he's still doing it. He's efficient. He had two starts within the last week, seven days, 17 strikeouts over 13 innings, only six walks. It's almost a 3K to walk ratio. No home runs given up, only three earned, uh, seven hits. I mean, so his whip was one. I can do math. It's not in front of me. I just did that in front of you. Boom, magic. Um, Taiwan Walker is probably owned, but let's – I just saw his name and I laughed because that was the trade that you mentioned earlier. So it's been brought up. He's been nuts. <laughs> like <laughs> he's, been, he's been dealing. So you had Walker. You traded – for him pretty much i don't know if there's much keeper implication he can be kept for three years or two more years on top of this in our league where the guy i traded for cannot be do you know how how good of a value he has what round he's a mid-round exactly halfway. okay halfway through our draft okay so round 12 or so and you got hoof in uh in replace i got freddie freeman <laughs> yeah. i think that's a good trade Great, um, but I will say if Walker is half of this in the future, this is not a bad deal in the future. But right now, it looks really bad. 
Yeah, I think it's either it leans your way, and then it could be an even just getting Walker as like a cheap value. Because Walker's not, I mean, he's not that old. So like, and it sometimes you know taking, uh, taking a flyer. Sorry, I saw a sandwich pick on his <laughs> uh post uh post, and it caught me off guard. But um, he's not that old actually yet, and so it's kind of like he could be hitting that like late ending late late career stride, and so. I, I mean, he could he could become a guy like a who um drawn the blank on the Milwaukee guy uh, Peralta. Okay, I could see that. I I mean, I don't think he's going to be. That's why I traded him. But like, let's. I mean, like, there's there's a world where like you know it's not out of the realm of possibility. It's better than a dice roll. I mean, yeah, at least you can probably bank on him being solid the rest of your based on what he's shown out. Uh, Luis Castillo and Patrick Corbin stand out to me. Um, they're two starts. Let's see. Only two and three earned runs over 13 and 14 and a third respectively. Both had 14 Ks. So they had some good there. I, I think Corbin could be available in some 12 teamers. Um, I, I dropped him in our big uh, 15 team league because I just could not hang on him anymore. And of course, as soon as I drop him. So just, that'd be something to look into a little bit further. Um, yep. Dive, dive a little deeper, but Castillo, I think those owners are hanging on. I know I'm hanging on my Castillo, but he was on my bench. Mm-hmm. Didn't trust him, but. I, I just, uh, in the league that uh, I was talking about when I dropped him, I had a, it's a, it's a deep league, but I had so many injuries. He, he just had to go at the time I dropped him in the area. It was over six. I just couldn't afford it anymore. Yeah. No, I'm saying like Corbin could be that savvy pickup and Castillo, if you want to buy low, now's the time he's starting to show a little hope and that owner might be holding on to that. Yeah. that hope. Well, obviously they are, if they still. Yeah. Um, Bueller say, doing his thing. Say again? I got one. Chris oh, Flexen. Um, I even sorted by last 14 days just to see if like this was for real. And he is up there in the top 15 and in, in both so uh, chris flexen what's his nickname again uh, you, you're gonna have to say it man it's your nickname it's a triflexa <laughs> i can't take credit for it. i don't want to be i don't want to be the one taking credit for your nickname here. But yeah, let it be known triflexa chris flexen that's he's two great starts like i wouldn't say rush to pick him up yet but definitely give him one of those like little clicks like let's see what he's got here you know let's see I keep tabs on Chris Flexen because if he strings these, some of these together, the Mariners defense is playing pretty well. And if Evan White in theory gets called up here sooner rather than later, only going to get better. So I, you know, like pitchers ballpark, I, I like some Chris Flexen deeper leagues, obviously, but keep tabs. Nice. Me likey. I'm going to pull up some rolling X Woba here. I'm just looking at maybe like the last 50 plate appearances for both uh, pitchers and hitters. So uh, going off the Delta. So that's the little triangle Schwarber. The last 50 plate appearances raising that X Woba 277. That's what happens when you hit six home runs, I think, in the last week. Um, Mondesi also, you know, he had that, he had that nice little game. Hitting the little dong out there. Chat, Matt Chapman, yeah. Longoria, Ryan Jeffers. Uh, let's see. I don't, I don't think of any like 
Nelson Cruz. I mean, there's not Mitch Garber. There's not really a ton that like stand out. Tyler O'Neill just keeps doing his thing recently. <laughs> I, just, I just like seeing the ones like last week was Otani we mentioned. Yeah. Uh, Matt Olson went from a 357 X Woba to a 531 over his last 50. Yeah. It was like just dumping <laughs> people. Just, just, just letting it go. Um, just letting it go. He's been struggling. Uh, oh, two Diamondbacks near the bottom there. Pavin, Smith, um, no big names. Buxton's just coming back, so I don't really read into that too much. Yeah, well, you see that Bryce Harper's uh, ex-Woba dropping quite a bit over the last 100 plate appearances. I haven't really looked into Harper too much. I don't own him anywhere. I wish I, I had and some OVP. Is I will... I will fight for Bryce Harper, me and JT. So it's kind of bad that me and JT are on this podcast together because we both love Bryce Harper type players. But um, Bryce Harper has been nicked up on and off all year. And I think it's with him more than anything, it's a rhythm thing. Once he gets some playing time, a lot of people love to hate Bryce Harper for the hype and all that stuff, the hair, the whatever, the face paint. But Bryce Harper will be just fine. So if someone is looking in a league to get rid of Bryce Harper – they will, they will take what they can get from him right now if they're not a Bryce Harper lover. So if you can find that guy who's just like, oh, I just drafted Bryce Harper because he was here and doesn't particularly love Bryce Harper, you can get him cheap right now. Now, in our league, JT, don't even ask an ESPN because you're not getting Bryce Harper. Oh, really? It would be clown shoes of me to ask that kind of a question? I would make a meme of you if you did. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> this is the expert analysis we bring to the pod. Bryce Harper, um, Bryce Harper quotes. That's what we do. Move on. Fifty uh, play appearances for uh, pitchers. Uh, Corbin, Patrick Corbin, there, number one over the last fifty. Drew Smiley, number two. He had some really favorable matchups. I streamed him in our fifteen team league, so he's out there available and with in the right matchup. Um, definitely being a lefty, I would say definite streamable. Aroldis Chapman had a rough week against the Twins, <laughs> so. Uh, I saw yeah, that. I saw that. That's why he's at the bottom there. Uh, he's getting there. Eric Swanson for the Mariners getting some love top five. So I'm, I'm digging that. Uh, seeing Shane Bieber on, on a list makes me scared because he's so good already, but he did just go on the IL. I think I believe it's a 10 day. So he's, I mean, should be too worried mm-hmm. about it. But. Fulton Evich, Yeah, not so much. Not doing that well. Robbie Ray, that's interesting, um, but only going from an expected 181 to a 361. So probably just gave up a little too many fly balls. That's Robbie Ray's mo. But I think he had solid starts because I I know I owned him and I wasn't you know disappointed. You know that dad disappointment that I can unleash. Man, Aaron Savale again. Uh, thank you for ever dropped him in our ESPN league. But Aaron Savale um, really turned around. He has like JT said. I think with regards to Drew Smiley, but he has faced some favorable matchups here recently, the Mariners. But um, Uh-oh, fam. Should we tell him? Uh, Wasn't, well, didn't Savali get pulled today during the fifth inning? Gosh. That's all I saw, I think. I, I think it was Savali. Yeah, you're breaking news to me right here. You're breaking news to me. On the, the telegraph. Dude, wait, why do we not have spider gunk on whatever it is on every every baseball spider can you, gunk? Can you confirm the Savale? I swear I thought it was him. Is I, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'm I'm like ninety 
percent sure I saw his name pop up. Man, that's uh. While you're trying to confirm that, I'm going to move on to some Yahoo players um, looking for some value to add because I said so. That's why. <laughs> Getting a little dad in me here. He was, he was removed in the fifth today, shaking his hand. Okay. Now he's just cramping with the, you know, he can't tack it up. Just fire track. Little fatigue. I do like thumb. the Jake is calling it spider gunk, though. I'm calling it spider gunk. <laughs> what what sound does spider gunk make Dude, when you know. like I don't even know? <laughs> open the like, jar. Like Spider-Man's little brother. <laughs> All right. So available looking at a 12-team league here, available Yahoo-wise. Ahmed Rosario is available. He's been He's been doing some some good stuff, good uh, solid savant numbers. I remember looking what's at he, him. What's he owned in? What percentage? Owned in fifty five percent of Yahoo. Uh, Dom Smith, right next to him, owned in fifty seven percent. Both, I would say, uh, definitely pick upable. Um, looking also like Dylan Moore. Is he still stealing? He's got a couple stolen bases. So, I mean, that might be some positional flexibility, stolen base upside there. Um, Solaire is available. We're going to get to Solaire in a bit. So he's 44% owned, and I would not pick him up. We're going to dive a little bit deeper into that. Um, Kepler just got dropped recently, and I don't know. He just came back. So he's, that health, it's kind of like not on the Harper level, but the health part has been shaky up and down i'll let you get some pictures while i look at espn um jp crawford um 26 owned I, I dogged him the other like uh say like two weeks ago something like that and right after i dogged him he just went off i i, I don't think that this is going to continue but this has always been the the hype kind of like a talent walker thing this has always been the the mo of jp crawford he has the talent can he put it together um, again, I don't think he'll continue this rate, but where he's leading off, he's got they've got some guys behind him with some Mitch Haniger who's doing some things and some Ty France. So JP Crawford would be one to keep tabs on. He, again, deeper leagues, twenty six percent owned, nothing nothing crazy. But the one I'm looking at here, sub fifty percent owned, is Joey Votto. I love me some Joey Votto, and Joey Votto's heating up here, get getting his getting his groove back, Stella, and uh, he, it looks like getting tossed from from a game didn't hurt him that much. So uh, it broke stolen, that little girl's heart though. No, he got her. He took care of her the next day. It was fine. Oh, initially stolen, it did. The stolen base was great, JT. I don't know if you saw it, but he got stolen base. So, oh, I didn't. Uh Manny Machado got caught watching the fans do the wave. So Joy Bato stole third. <laughs> um, oh. Yeah. Um, probably got That's a good fun. probably got a good earful in the dugout from that one, not covering third base. And so Joy Bato just went. I saw um Javier Baez got benched today. Because he didn't know how many outs in the inning, and made a, a little bit of a mental mistake. So, count to three. So I have a question for you here. So thirty-three percent owned, one-year league, not a keeper. Our ESPN league, thirty-three percent. Jared Kelnick. So redraft. That's what we call redraft. Redraft. Yeah. yeah. Jared Kelnick dropped thirty-three percent. What's your stance on him? Do you go after him? No. Obviously, obviously team need, but do you think he comes up and does the thing? Yeah, I, I I don't think you can be. I mean, if you got a deep bench, I guess, because I 
I would think he is definitely coming back some point after the all-star break or something. You'll see him again, but you don't know when. And I mean, unless you're, you got a deep bench, I don't think right now and near the end of June is timing wise. I don't think it would make sense yet. Unless you see an injury in the Seattle outfield or, um, something to that effect, you know. I mean, they're one, uh, they're one injury away, pretty much as it is. And Jake Fraley is frail. There you go. There's a dead pun right there for you. It's it's. <laughs> he ran to a wall the other day, and I was like, oh gosh. And he came up a little bit limp, but he stayed in the game. But I was just like, that's one shoulder into a wall because they're already out of Kyle Lewis. So, you know how defense wins championships. Um, that type of effort on defense sweeps AL champs. Would hashtag he, that print the shirts. He didn't catch the ball. <laughs> but I said effort. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. He, he did not catch it, but yeah. E error for E for effort. <laughs> yeah, there we go. There we go. All right. I'm gonna look at I got some pictures here. Okay. Herman Marquez. Um, I I think you can stream him. He's 64% owned in Yahoo. He might be available out there, obviously, roughly a third. But uh, Corbin, um, I would his name right here is next to Bundy. If you got Bundy, I think I'd drop Bundy, pick up Corbin, and and try to ride the different waves. Elevator going down, elevator going up, right there. Um, not really seeing much else. I don't know if you want to stash um, Glass now. I mean, technically he's there. He's rostered eighty five percent in Yahoo still, but I mean, not doing surgery, but. I don't think you'll see him for long stints, even if he maybe comes back later this year. So might not be worth it. Um, rather stash maybe if like a Kopech is out there or something, you know, at least he's coming back soon, it looks like. Um, JT Brubaker, um, he's he's pounding the zone. He's getting hit, but he's not giving up any walks. He's got a K to walk over, let's see, over the last 30 days of 9.33, so um he could be a matchup streamer but that's about all i'm seeing here yahoo wise that's available singer we've talked about it it's just yeah. tough to trust him that's a 1.53 whip over the last month that's that's just tough you're hoping to plays out at some point right it's um but again i think looking at these free agent why we were on espn i would say trade for somebody <laughs> is probably your best bet <laughs> but if you can't again i, I think taking a gamble on an established guy like Corburn as the, as it heats up, maybe get a little bit more on the fat fastball. Cause that's really been his thing is it's been the, it's been getting slower. So him at 60% is, isn't terrible. The other problem is like, you're, you're going to have to stream it. Like JT was saying, like, again, like there's a flex in down here at 15%, which we talked about before streaming with some of these guys, like um, what's his name? Uh, Johnny Cueto plays in a big ballpark. So you, when he's at home, night games seven o'clock in san francisco against some like you know colorado they come into town or something like that that are on the road you know come on, come out of cores something like that like definitely go after it but it's hard to have any confidence i think lizardo got sent down today um it, it's hard to have any confidence in any of these guys right now so all right play, play matchups <laughs> Let's move on to our next segment, DIY stats and metrics. Dads love DIY, don't we? Um, we're going to check out this Tom Tango tweet I've been wanting to get to for a little bit now. Um, so we're going to squeeze it in here. Initially tweeted this out. I have the graphic up here. What day? May 24th. 
at Tango Tiger on Twitter, um, just essentially laying out that that XWOBA is what we're focused on in terms of launch angles. And so you can go on Savant and it, they have each have a name if you're doing searches, but optimum launch angle, everyone probably is familiar or heard of a barrel. Um, and for the most part, it's, it'd be 95 miles per hour exavilo plus in a eight to 32 launch angle. Um, that would be your, most of your barrels. It changes a little bit on the, on the outsides there, but um, not to get too technicals, but when looking at only uh, Launch, launch angle performance, not factoring it, taking in all VLO, exavilos, the sweet spot, the eight to 32 degrees of launch angle is gonna produce the, an XWOBA of 704. So that's awesome. Uh, the next best is zero to seven, that line drive uh, 415 XWOBA. And then the 33 to 40 degree launch angle is a 336 XWOBA, uh, which is really not that great. Um, I mean, you'll take it, but, um, and then the remaining two is the pop-ups, can of corn over 40 is 0 0.046, and the, just topping it, worm burners hitting the ground is a 0.166. So I thought that was interesting, and I tweeted um, at him, and I said that, you know, hypothetically, it looks like it would be better to hit a sweet spot than just hit the ball hard not in that eight to 32 degree range. And so Tom tweeted me back and kind of just briefly explained how to search that and, and do it. I was like, cool, I'll do that real quick. So what I pulled up was these. Um, so what we're looking at is 95 plus, not in that sweet spot range. And then, and then um, only in the sweet spot, but less than 95 exit below. And so only the sweet spot gives you a exit velocity above 95. Okay, so I had to break it out two, two different ways because Savant was not liking the way I was doing it. So below seven, but high exit, below seven degrees, high exit velocity, X well above 373. And then, um, above that 33, still high exit VLO XWOBA of 446. Um, but when you get that sweet spot, but look below 95 exit VLO, it's still an XWOBA of 465. So, so to, to break this down in terms of like what you should be looking for in a player, obviously the sweet spot is the best, 600 batting average, expected batting average, all that you basically don't want anyone getting underneath the ball too much. That's the worst thing you can do. Zero to seven degrees is the second best you can do because at least you're hitting it hard, but it's on a, it's on the, it's not straight into the ground. Usually, I mean, if it's zero, but like under zero is like you're hitting it straight down and that's, that's bad. So if you're looking at it, it error on the side of caution, kind of like a Vlad Guerrero. Why I was, why I want to bring us back to Vlad Guerrero is he always had a bear or a launch angle of closer to eight little bit little bit below but eight and the the sweet spot yeah is eight to 32 but you kind of want to be a little bit more in the middle of that and Vlad increased it to I think it was like 11 last time I looked and it's not much of an increase but it is much better and just that little 
it's not the only thing he's done this offseason, but to JT's point, that little increase in just the angle of what you hit it, because he wasn't hitting any harder technically, you're just hitting it at a different angle. And you've seen what a world of difference that makes. And that's what you should be looking for in it. And so if a guy is struggling, but he's got a launch angle of like 14 degrees and he's hitting it hard, ride that guy because that guy will start turning this around and he'll start barreling it up and it will start finding holes. And that's that's what JT is re- referring to here. So the caveat is average launch angle is very tricky you can't just fully look at it and say oh average launch angle 14 he's doing awesome so our example here is solaire uh just saw this tweet earlier today and that's exactly what i was known for so i'm i'm not going to rewrite the you know the info it's presented here so i'm going to just shout out to at john metzelar um on twitter very funny follow, by the way. So he he pointed out Solaire, 2019, 48 dongs. Average launch angle was 15. But when you look at his Savant breakdown, most the most um, if you put him in buckets of you know five degrees each, he was he was hammering that ball at a 20 degree launch angle most often. But looking at this year so far, even though his hard hit is higher at 51.7% and his average launch angle is 18. And you're thinking, oh, that's still in that range. That's still good. But you look at that bucket, the most hits he's putting in is in a negative, in that zero to negative five degree launch angle, not ideal. So he is literally, you know, hitting it into the ground um, and popping it up in order to get an average over around 18 degrees. So he's he is not finding that barrel of the bat. He's not finding that sweet spot. Um, so just something to consider. Average launch angle angle doesn't uh, really give anything. And uh, I also like this at Dave Sherman. He's a lawyer. So we're going to say, and he tweeted, all averages are misleading. And I'm going to reply, hashtag lawyered. <laughs> yes. Uh, so I don't know if you guys have been paying attention. We left this purposely off our shake it off recent news, but it is a wonderful day. Yes. Puns are more than encouraged here because Wander Franco got called up the highly touted Tampa Bay Rays prospect. And that will lead us into our 25 when I was your age, young studs, 25 and under. So when we talk about these guys, I tend to look at it through a, fantasy dynasty perspective or dynasty or however many years do you keep them more than one year is what I equate to that a keeper league of some sort because we all know that most of these guys are if not owned as soon as they're called up these young guys they are picked up right away so any value we tell you of like pick this guy up or do something usually isn't unless you can go super deep with some of these guys but usually isn't like readily available right like right away because they're owned or you trade for somebody. But in regards to fantasy, I want to talk about one that JT has talked about. We drafted him in a combined league, Austin Riley, who's 24. Is, is this it JT? Has he started to figure it out? I'm starting to believe um, he, he was always touted as the big power guy, but big swing, big miss, big tree fall hard. Um, but he's really putting it together and he's only 24 years old, 6'3, 240. He's a big boy, third baseman primarily. 
Um, but what he's showing is, is what you expected um, out of him. So if he can keep this type of level of consistency, which looking at his ex-WOBA over the last 100 plate appearances, he's doing over the last 250. It's a slight, you know, that that line is still climbing. Um, he's going to strike out, but he's walking well. He's barreling up the ball. And um, it's just, you know, he's he whiffs and he chases. But I bring him up because when I say, like, target somebody, he is sandwiched between Kyle Tucker and Juan Soto and some of these – in some of these like advanced stats here. And I feel like he is definitely in a different category between them. Now Juan Soto obviously has a bigger track record and so does Kyle Tucker a little bit. I mean, not a ton, but Austin Riley's start was nice. And then it really quickly tapered off. And so people have already formulated an opinion like I did with Brandon belt. So maybe there is room. Cause I also believe in Austin Riley and there is a lot of room to get a lot of value for some guy who doesn't own Austin Riley, or if you own Austin Riley or go after Austin Riley, those type of players. Cause again, like we look at these lists, you have Lagrera, Acuna, Tatis. These are like first round guys. So the, everyone understands their value. We're talking about guys who might have sneaky value. And I think Austin Riley is one of these under guys who has crazy sneaky value plays third base. Yeah. There's some third baseman, but he's a young third baseman. A lot of those third basemen we're talking about are old. He's, he's one of the few young guys, I feel like. Him and Ramirez are – and Ramirez isn't even that young. I, I agree. Um, ultimately, he's going to – he's going to need to be more consistent. I think he's just a little bit too streaky. Just of recent memory, he had the – like a two home run game and then he went 0 for 12 in a three game span and then he hit another home run in a great game um so is that kind of power guys though isn't that kind of their game like those guys yeah so as long as you know what you're getting out of them i think yeah putting him up in terms of just like someone to seek out trade for depending on the deal um, could definitely be to your advantage he has way more sneaky value than i think a lot of people are are giving him credit for might have window might have passed and in, in terms of you know totally sleeper but yeah but Again, like, like we're saying here he's sandwiched between these verdugo he's ahead of verdugo bachette these type of guys right between once mm-hmm. soto and kyle tucker so like again he's up there with like these are the big boppers of these young crew and he needs to be looked at not as such i wouldn't say because the track record but he's getting there he, he's getting there yeah and actually i was i was updating my uh, WPDI stuff, and I'm going to talk with Ariel Cohen tomorrow morning about correlation to walk and K percent. So that'll be really interesting. But Verdugo and Tucker really stood out there in terms of plate discipline. But uh, moving over to young pitchers, I just have the qualified up. So, you know, all eight of them here <laughs> on the 2021 season. Um, but Trevor Rogers, Freddie Peralta, you know, Julio Urias, those are the three big names that stand out. We've talked about them, um, but three of them, yeah, all, uh, you know, all under 25 there, brought to being the old man. But, um, you know, Pablo Lopez is still only 25. Um, I think of him as a little bit older. I would have guessed 27 or so. But um, Ian Anderson has, has been pretty solid. And um, Casey Mize struggled at first, but he's he's come around a bit. He's kind of he's kind of my Austin Riley too. Uh, he has some 
pedigree. And so that's why, like, you know, he was the number one overall pick. So the talent, I think, and people have already brushed him off as kind of a failure and a bust. And I think it's way too early to do that. We just said he's 24 years old. So keep close tabs. And if not, go after Casey Mize. Uh, the talent should and will play out, I believe, with Casey Mize. He plays in a big ballpark, too. And that division is terrible. That's only going to help his, his numbers as he gets older. But yeah, Miami, just filth of riches in terms of pitching. Three names right here, Rodgers, Alcantara, and Lopez. Sixto's not healthy. Eliezer Hernandez isn't healthy. I mean, just, and then I could keep going, but yeah. I'm looking at all these names. Um, Edward Cabrera, yeah. So they've got some young, talented arms. I'm, okay, that scares me. I'm going to click away. As a Mariners fan, I don't want to no, deal with reality. Um, so we're, let's, uh, let's, let's uh, quickly go off that. We'll go, uh, the middle-aged, sorry, that's, that's, you know, where, where we are. Actually, I just looked at that. We don't even qualify for this middle-aged. Oh my gosh, I just feel <laughs> old. Um, so we'll go guys to 32 and 32 and 26. Um, and again, you, you're starting to get to the guy who's, who are more established. The guys I would worry about on this list. I see Cedric Mullins on here are the guys who you didn't hear about before this list. And now you see very high on this list. Cedric Mullins, as you know, I love, and I'm, that's more pertaining to this year, like how he's going for this year as a keeper, he would make me very nervous because I want as my keepers, I want, if they're, if they're high enough, if you know, if you get like a guy, last couple round guy, it's, it's fine. But I usually want someone who I know will give me some production the next year. If I'm investing any sort of round in them, um, and so a guy like that kind of makes me nervous, but it's interesting to see Jesse Winker at uh, the top of this list and Nick Cassianos at one and two, followed by, of course, the monster Shohei Otani. But those two being at the top of this list are uh, quite surprising. Can't go wrong there. Cincinnati's doing something right, right? <laughs> Again, we talked about their, their um, super unluck last year. <laughs> definitely auto-corrected the next the next way the next year because they are just all hitting like crazy right now so yeah the ultimate looking at pitchers in this age range I mean this is the prime time pitcher age um Gossman is really standing out in terms of being up at the top here Woodruff Rodon Zach Wheeler man he's just the last month plus going in on two months now has just been Donk a donk. Um, Joe Musgrove. Uh, I don't know. It's he had that no hitter, and then it's... Walker at ten again, huh? That deal's not looking so bad now. <laughs> <laughs> Walker Bueller, you know Cole. I mean, all these names. Just like this is the age for someone to pop, and this is this would be, you know, everyone's different. Everyone has a different track record, injury history, but pitching year to year. I feel like you can find value deeper. Um, hitting is more just playing time sometimes when you're drafting, but pitching, um, throwing some darts on some, you know, post-hype sleepers or former prospects that finally have their health like a like a Rodon. I would say my um, strategy to pitchers as it's as the game's evolved and as some of those things has is going to be what I did this year in some leagues that I feel comfortable with is you need a couple guys early. You got barring injuries because injuries, you know, it's a pitcher, you know, anything can happen. You need a couple guys early to anticipate one of those guys getting hurt. You need 
three guys you are confident in and regardless of if you're winning a week or not, you can start all three of these guys because you're going to, one is going to go down for you. And then after that, like JT said, the value and don't be afraid to buy a hot streak. I, I bought a hot streak from Tom Walker this year. And it turned out that just, he just rolling like something you never know with a lot of these guys, like a lot of these guys, like again, like Gossman who uh, Rondon, like, Woodruff just a couple of years ago, like two years ago, 26 year old guy who was like, oh, okay, you know, not a ton of hype coming out, just started doing the thing. And then here he is. Um, I, you saw Stroman's doing it again. John means who knew like him, it, it, Zach Wheeler had been a cast off essentially. I mean, like he got a decent deal. Everyone thought he was overpaid and now is doing great things. So if these hot streaks come early from these guys who, you know, Wheeler didn't get a deal where he was before, like, don't be afraid to jump on these guys because this whole top 10 there's a lot of names that were now are like oh yeah like this like you got a garrett cole in there you got a bauer you got a glass now and then some shame uh shame bieber that type of stuff but yeah at 18 you got a kikuchi you got a savali you got a robbie ray like some of these guys you can have got later are up there so don't don't be afraid to buy hot streaks early in auction with pitchers because you never know what's going to happen with the pitcher Moving on, the older statesmen. Uh, we're doing uh, 33 and above, so I guess we qualify now. Um, Senior I'm, seeing, I'm seeing some standouts and some, you know, just kind of a little Let's bit. Go. Hold on, time out. We're 33 and above. The first guy is a 40-year-old. Is he in his own category? Like, what? what's Nelson Cruz? Sir, I didn't. It's not fantasy grandpa bods, but, I mean. I, if, if I could look that good now like that. <laughs> Well, that's what um, – I'm not going to say it. Steroids in your prime. Yeah, but anyway. You said it. Okay. Um, <laughs> hey, I'm just – we're being open and honest. That's what dads do. We tell the truth no matter, you know, good, better, and different. But um, Michael Brantley, man, he's just still doing things. 34 years old. His, his, you want to know what his sweet spot percentage is to tie it back in? Give it to me. 46.6%. He does not barrel the ball, but he hits line drives and he only strikes out 11.4% of the time. And he's, he's always at the top in terms of contact percentage. Yeah. He's just so consistent. Um, any, any, but he just doesn't strike out. At no, but in terms of just hitting swing, um, you know, all you dads out there coaching your kids, that's not a bad swing to look at to emulate in terms of just consistency. Seriously, yeah, he's a. Uh, this list is pretty small. I'm gonna be. I'm kind of sad, honestly. But um, <laughs> for qualified, yeah, amongst qualified, yeah, over, the, over this. Uh, but again, you uh, the guys at the top of this list are at the top of this list for a reason. I mean, like you said, Turner at five. You got JD Martinez. Like these are not nobodies. So Brandon Crawford stands out. Um, yeah, again, San Francisco. Everybody like just. Yeah. At a certain point, I'm, again, I'm too late on all these guys, but so I, again, I know my faults as a fantasy owner, but please don't be like me and go after some of these guys earlier. Brandon Belts, Brandon Crawford's, like, I always yeah. come up on Brandon Crawford. I'd never buy into Brandon Crawford either, but maybe it's the same. Well, he hasn't he hasn't shown anything. I think this might be just a a one off. A uh, hey. Congrats, and I would I wouldn't trust him next year. I'm As just... I would say, like yeah, and I think he'll regress this year. But his year last year wasn't too bad. Yeah, he he had a middle stretch there where he was not great. But when they were when San Francisco was playing well and they're playing well, he was a plus contributor in the offense. WRC right. plus over 100 every year. So 
if San Francisco's going, that's usually a good indication that Brandon Crawford's going. I mean, and you can look right. at the standings; they're going. So Brandon Crawford's usually doing things that oversimplifies a lot of what they're doing. But I mean, yeah. Man, Carl Santana started off so hot, and then he's leveled out. Charlie Blackman is. He's going to slide on draft boards next year in terms of, well, at least just where you're going to initially start drafting him at. Um, even being in Colorado, that's, that's tough. Uh, so I'm looking at the, the pitchers who are older. Like you said, there, there's a sweet spot of those those middle, middle-aged, air quotes, people, middle-aged baseball players. Let's put it that way. But some of these old guys, um, there's not a lot of them, and it drops – actually, even then it drops – it doesn't drop off terribly – at the very end here. And these are all only qualified people. So there's more, but we look at only qualified people, but at number seven, you got Clayton Kershaw. So everybody above him, you know, you got good Grom, Scherzer, Kyle Gibson's getting it done. Lance Lynn, you Darvish, Ryu, like these are names. And so I, you could do a lot where Grinky's at nine. I don't even know how I left out Grinky, but like even Garrett Richards playable in a deep league, like get some innings, but there's some there's some lists there, those middle tiers, really high end, but you can fall off the cliff. But these old guys, if they meet their minimums, you know, get meet the minimum, they're they're serviceable in deeper leagues. Now, I wouldn't say go after these these guys crazy hard, but a Charlie Morton, not gonna kill you, not gonna sink your season. I'm just impressed in terms of these qualified old geezers. Yeah. The the level of consistency. I mean, Mike Miner yeah. has the worst ERA, but still under four and a half. That's technically averaging a quality start. The worst FIP on here is Rick Gary Richards at four, five, seven, or X FIP, excuse me. Um, but in terms of just K percent, K to walk percent, um, solid, ownable, streamable, maybe except for Miner, but Impressive. I just got like a hundred strikeouts. It was about averaging more than a strikeout in an inning. There, there is some good, even at the worst case scenario, there's some good things to look at, like 36% hard hit rate. Like, not, not like, so it's not, not unfeasible that he's like plays in Kansas city again, AL central, not a great hitting division. You could do a lot worse than Mike Miners. You're like sixth starter. And that's what we're looking at, like here are these later guys. But these this top tier we're talking about, the top seven or so, just absolutely elite still. All yeah. sub three six, three, three, six ERA, things like that. So it's Jacob DeGrom is just stupid, man. Yeah. You say could. I have been. I've got the worst ERA in in the Worf League, man, by far. Jacob DeGrom, he'll fix everything. I'm gonna trade for Mike Miner and he's gonna be my third best pitcher, probably. <laughs> Uh, no, I was trying to stream, and I just keep getting bitten. Yeah, that is the part about streaming. That's why I say <laughs> you need a couple guys. Just get a couple guys you can count on for people out there, and then fill in those late gambles, and then then you could go streaming. But it, like you said, if you're relying on streaming and get outbid, it's a well. Here's two old names. I st- I streamed Smiley two weeks ago, did net positive. Then I streamed Arietta this last week, net negative. Anyway, speaking of old man names, to close it out here, our dad bod, player of the week. He just threw in his Takate jersey, was it? 
Do you see this, Sean? He's wearing, I think, it, yeah, he's got like a Tecate emblem there. Um, through a complete oh. game, 94 pitch, complete game, Bartolo Colon, dad bod, player of the week. He's still playing, not in the major leagues, but he's still playing. He, he said he wants to play and let him, let him throw some baseballs out there, man. Man, <laughs> 48-year-old Bartolo Colon. We're, we're calling it a comeback. Him and Jamie Moyer out there. If you scroll down on that tweet I tagged to check out, the first reply gif is just him grabbing his little Santa belly and shaking oh, it, yeah. looking up, smiling in the dugout. And oh, he knows. Laughing. He knows. He, yeah, he's he's a legend here at the at the, the the podcast. Like, we can only hope. We can only hope to be him one day. At least he's, he has fun with it. I mean, it's like, he, you know, he just, um, it's well, one of those players you watch and it's fun. It makes it fun. Yeah, you can't hate Bartolo Cologne. There's nobody who hates Bartolo Cologne. And that's why. If you can't Maybe his belt. Yourself, his belt might be the only thing that hates him. That... <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> Maybe we should give him some suspenders. Dude, he's going to start start the trend. All right, I'm ready for suspenders the in Major League Baseball. That's what we need. Is it against the standard uh, the um, the dress code? Can you have suspenders? Seems doubtful. But then, then if we got suspenders, that means ads, a bunch of like little chunch keys on the back. You're gonna have flare, swag, flare. Yeah, there you go, some flare on the back. Little. Is how much sticky spider sticky goo could you have in those flare t- <laughs> those flare uh, suspenders? That's, that's if you get be- caught, you have to use your suspender as a slingshot. You're, uh, so if they call out to the mound and be like, "Look, you got to check them," do they have to check every piece of flare? <laughs> like all, all seven, eight pieces. What is that? I yeah, don't I don't know. know. Was, but... All right. Well, thank you for joining us. We appreciate you listening. Some dad wisdom of the week before you go: hold your heroes to a higher standard. Um, I don't want to get into it much, but seeing a lot has been going on this last week. Um, baseball is fun. Baseball players are, are amazing on what they do. Um, but I think in terms of like me and teaching my kids on, on like what I would define as a hero, um, I don't think sports athletes on the field would be the example what they do off the field for sure and how they use their platform um but uh that was my dad wisdom i was thinking on dwelling on there you go i like it all right well that does it for sean and i um here at fancy dad pods uh take care be well and we'll see you later show those dad bods (laughs) 